Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Indianapolis Colts haven't used the franchise tag in well over a decade, but does that end up changing in 2024? Let's talk about it. Welcome to the Horseshoe Huddle podcast presented by Fan Nation on SI.com, part of the Fans First Sports Network. My name is Andrew Moore, and as always, I'm joined here by my fellow analyst and co-host of the Horseshoe Huddle podcast, Drake Wally. And Drake, you're an absolute madman. You know, you just had your baby daughter three days ago, and you're back just an absolute a new meaning to the hardest working man in Colts media but all jokes aside buddy congratulations super super happy for you and Aubrey and and your your little daughter is is absolutely perfect man oh uh, yeah it's uh it I've I've already I've already you know dove in uh to the to the the poop cleaning and the pee cleaning and so it's it wasn't real till that started happening but yeah man she, Madeline is awesome she's um definitely changed my life already but yeah man you know i've got a wonderful wonderful woman in my life aubrey she wanted me to keep doing this and so you know she's still letting me write uh during the early stages and still letting me do this and um you know colts nation was really supportive on on x so uh thanks thanks to my co-host andrew thanks to all you guys it's it's great to bring madeline into a world with uh such amazing fans and stuff and hey we're we're not stopping anytime soon so we're definitely here to keep going and bring you some more colts coverage yeah, absolutely we're going to talk about the franchise tab because guys we still got a week until the combine uh so it's kind of a dry period but today opened up the window for the franchise tag to be used so we're going to talk about some guys that the colts could potentially use that on and and ultimately if they will or will not use that franchise tag we've already got super chats in in here drake first one from lindsey mack uh lindsey oh, he, he figured it out back in wales he did he figured out how to super chat is back in wales so probably asleep when you're live just wanted to congratulate drake and aubrey on the birth of madeline thank god she got her mother's looks drink up drake you're going to need it absolutely lindsey thank you so much buddy for all of your support really really appreciate it stats matt in the chat set with another super chat thank you so much buddy saying congrats drake welcome to the girl dad club as all always stats matt one of our uh our loyal friends here says the old dreaded tar diapers i remember those <laughs> days and listen I, I mean hey give me a couple months i'm gonna be right up be there. there with you so we got patrick the cfo poop cleaning and pee cleaning just another tuesday at the frat house not wrong buddy not wrong we got sarah in the chat as well hey andrew and drake congrats to you drake she is gorgeous and we've got camacho joe hello my friends thank you all so much for joining us tonight uh because this i mean the reason drake is back on this is because of you guys it isn't because of my bald ugly ass but uh we're all we're gonna talk about colts tonight and and get the group back together after a week off and if you haven't done so please go follow us on all of our socials like horseshoe huddle on facebook follow at colts on fn on x and subscribe to the horseshoe huddle youtube channel guys 12 
12 subscribers away from 2000s. We're very, very close. So make sure you subscribe. Hit that bell so you know when Drake and I go live every Monday and Thursday night. And with free agency coming, there's going to be some breaking news episodes. So we're going to be going live at different times and different days. You don't want to miss an episode. But if you can't catch us live, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're on there as well. So make sure you subscribe. Give us a five-star review so we can reach other Colts fans just like you. Drake, let's dive right into it, buddy. We're going to talk about the franchise tag and the franchise tag candidates for the Indianapolis Colts this year. And and really, Drake, the Colts, the Colts haven't used the franchise tag too often uh, over the past several years. Now, first of all, if you're if you're new to football, you're wondering what is the franchise tag? So really. I kind of wrote about it today. The franchise tag is is uh, uh, the ability for a team to place a tag or, or restrict a player from entering free agency. Uh, the player gets a one-year fully guaranteed contract, uh, and the salary is the average of the top five players at their respective positions. So, uh, for, and I've got the numbers right here. In the case of a quarterback, if a quarterback received the franchise tag, it would be a one-year deal worth $36 million fully guaranteed. So, you, you get quite a bit of money, Drake, if you do receive that franchise tag, and it's fully guaranteed, so you're going to be getting that money, but the trade-off, you don't have any long-term security. It's only a one-year deal, and, and you're right back in this situation, potentially entering free agency the very next season. Yeah, and we've, uh, you know, it's kind of been, I guess, used a lot, but one of the best ways to describe how players feel uh, with the franchise tag is Le'Veon Bell, all right? Back when he was franchise tagged, he didn't play at all. You know, because he was so angry that he got franchise tagged. I actually think he got it twice, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So it's not not everybody's going to be as dramatic as Le'Veon Bell was. Okay, uh, right. but at the end of the day, it's very expensive because um, I mean, for for like a running back, I think it's like eleven, twelve million dollars. You know, for a special teamer, it's like five and a half million, which is what Matt Gay gets paid annually. So um, it, it's 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 expensive, but it at least secures the person. The positive side is it gets the person down locked in so that you can, so the team can at least continue to make decisions because they haven't come to, to one yet and they do have a deadline to hit. So, um, the, you know, we're going to get into, you know, some of the history of it for the Colts. It hasn't been done a lot, but when they've done it, they've deemed it totally necessary. And like Chris Ballard said in his press conference, you know, they don't want to use it, but it's a tool in their in their pocket if they have to. And it's it's one that I don't really think any team wants to use. But, hey, you know what? A lot of times it helps you continue to negotiate and figure things out. And I think Le'Veon Bell's situation was very, very rare. I don't think that happens too often. But at the end of the day, players want security for themselves, for their family, for their careers. And um, it's not something you want to do, but sometimes you just have to. Absolutely, because an injury could happen at any moment. You know, and right. if you're, you're set up for a big long-term deal, you get franchise tag and then you tear your ACL or, or your Achilles the next year, the value on your next contract is going to drop. It's going to drop, excuse me, drastically. So you definitely want that long-term security there. Uh, but the fully guaranteed contract is 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 a good trade-off, uh, I would say, if you have to be tagged for it. Uh, but Drake, the Colts really haven't used the franchise tag in quite some time. The last time the, that the uh, the Colts used the franchise tag, back in 2013, the, the year that I graduated high school, and a stats match says Colts legend Pat McAfee was the last player tagged. So yeah, that's the last time that any Indianapolis Colt uh, has been played. Uh, the franchise tag was placed on them. I've got the list here of, of, of the all the players that the Colts have placed the franchise tag on. They've only used it six times since the franchise tag was created in 1993. As mentioned, Pat McAfee in 2013, Robert Mathis in 2012, Peyton Manning in 2011. Uh, before right before that 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 neck surgery uh, was the last year. Peyton Manning was uh, in Indianapolis. Dwight Freeney in 2007. Peyton Manning again in 2004, and then tight end Marcus Pollard in 2001. So, so currently the Colts have the second longest streak in the NFL right behind the Philadelphia Eagles uh, of not using the franchise tag. And, and like you mentioned, Drake, Chris Ballard has said it's it's a tool. We don't necessarily like to use it, which is, is kind of why the Colts haven't used it since Ballard took over as GM in, in 2017. But if they have to use it, they they will. And, and honestly, up to this point, they really haven't been in the situation where they've had to use it, in my opinion. 
Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting looking at that time frame because 2001, when it started with Marcus Pollard, I mean, he was really a, a guy that was making some great plays. And that was a, a time when tight ends weren't the volume, you know, pass catchers that they are now. They weren't moved around very often. They were still big, bulky dudes who did a lot of blocking. And right. 50, 60 catches was a mind boggling amount of receptions. But it was interesting because between 2001 and 2013, they used it six times, mm -hmm. which is interesting because maybe they haven't felt like they've needed to use it on a playmaker since the Andrew Luck era. And, and since, you know, um, since Jacoby Brissett and then, you know, now with Anthony Richardson. So um, I, I do think that, like you said, with Chris Ballard, it's he's way more conservative in that regard. He hasn't wanted to, to slap it on anybody, um, but it just shows really what Pat McAfee was worth to them as a punter. It shows what, you know, I mean, two of these guys are Hall of Famers. Another guy in Robert Mathis was an absolute machine, even without Dwight Freeney. I mean, these these players that you see here, I know that to some of the newer fans, Marcus Pollard might slip under the radar. I'm telling you that, dude, back in back. Back then, he was kicking ass as a tight end. He was he was very athletic. He was one of the more athletic guys at that position, more akin to what you see now. So um, it, the names make perfect sense. All those guys were hugely important. Obviously, Peyton Manning got it twice, once in 04, right before a Super Bowl victory, and then again right before they drafted Andrew Luck and let him kind of walk. So, um, yeah, you know, it's something that they really haven't used in a long time. We're talking about now 11 years, which is staggering because a lot of teams have used it recently. So. Shout out to my beautiful wife, Danielle, for her super sticker on the evening. So, uh, hey, she's she's not far she's not far behind, Drake. It looks like we'll be welcoming Jackson here in, in the beginning of May. So I'm going to be right there with you, changing those poopy diapers. So uh, really, really appreciate you for all your support. means the world to us. So, but yeah, Drake, four times in the, in the uh, Bill Polian era, it was used twice in the Ryan Grigson era. So, uh, but zero times for Chris Ballard, just kind of a difference in, in opinion of how GMs want, want to use it. So, but this year could be the exception. Uh, let's talk about some of those candidates that that could be and i think the guy that uh, that that could potentially get this uh, and it has the most likelihood potentially of getting this franchise tag is michael pittman jr you know uh, your number one wide receiver uh, is still is about to enter free agency you have a quarterback entering his second season only played four games last year in anthony richardson it's it's really you you can't you can't lose your top guy you know, you cannot lose your top receiving option when you don't have a legitimate number one wide receiver waiting in the wings. You just can't do that. That'd be absolute roster malpractice, uh, uh, roster building malpractice by Chris Bauer, especially when you want to surround Anthony Richardson with, with top tier talent. So Michael Pittman Jr. very well could get the franchise tag if if the Colts and, and Pittman representatives can't reach a long-term extension uh before before the uh the franchise tag window ends in in two weeks just so that way he doesn't have that opportunity to hit free agency and the colts don't risk losing him uh, uh to to another team yeah and you know i i know that obviously you know you and i were, were a couple guys who were like why didn't they just extend him at the time and maybe not because now you're looking he's approaching that franchise tag you know, kind of area of the year where you're like, now you're thinking, I wonder if there was negotiations happening. I wonder where, I wonder if they felt like, Hey, this is what you're worth on an extension. But Pittman somehow maybe felt like he was worth something different because a lot of times these talks kind of, we, we learned this very much with Jonathan Taylor. It, those talks are even, even with a guy like Malky Kawa throwing it out there, they're still so tight lipped, man. You do not know what the hell's going on. So um, I, I think that that is probably, that's very likely now. I wasn't thinking it was, but I think it's very likely. And you're looking at the price here. Um, I, I'm glad that you mentioned it because for wide receiver right now, I believe it's $20.6 million. Correct. Um, and I think for a transition tag, it's 19.3, but Pittman's in the, he'd be the 20.6 million and you nailed it. I loved your, your piece. And anyone that's curious about what, you know, I, I, we personally think a good, you know, range where his extension would be, go read Andrew Moore's piece on, on his extension. Um, I'm telling you that it's probably going to be what you said around like 23, 24 million a year. They're actually still getting underneath that 23, 24 million a year. If they tag him, 
it's fully guaranteed. And I know that's way different than stretching it out over three or four years. Um, but man, it, it sounds like there's some negotiations that haven't been lined up between Pittman and the Colts front office and Chris Ballard. It sounds like they're both perfectly fine. And Pittman doesn't really seem like he's even against the franchise tag. He just seems like a real chill guy. There's guys like we said earlier, Le'Veon Bell, who hated it and obviously don't want that. But it doesn't really seem like Pittman's too concerned about it. He really feels it, it seems like he feels like he's going to be a Colt long term. And I know that he's out there ex exploring free agency. But um, at this point, I would not even I would fully expect him to, to be franchise tagged. That's my opinion. I wasn't thinking that two weeks ago. But even while my daughter was being born and after afterward and checking, you know, X and stuff, I was like, you know, it looks like it's probably going to happen. So I, I personally, I don't know about you, but I would expect him to be franchise tag. Uh, I'm going to give it a little bit, honestly, because it, it did just happen. And, and, you know, deadlines are what spring action. You know, the Colts won't have to make True. a decision on this until uh, March 4th or 5th. Uh, I think I think it's March 5th, uh, March 5th at 4 p.m. Eastern. So deadlines, like I said, deadlines spur action. So I wouldn't expect if Pittman does get tagged, I wouldn't expect that until March, March 5th, you know, because this will give the Colts uh, uh, two weeks. They give them two weeks to to continue to work with, with Pittman's camp. I know if, if negotiations did start, it hasn't been very long because as of January, Pittman, Pittman's representatives uh, and his agent David Mulligetta of Athletes First and and uh, uh, Chris Ballard and the Colts they hadn't really started negotiations yet. They wanted to get the se season over with. I know Pittman wanted to take a couple weeks uh, to kind of get away, as all players do, and and then they can kind of ramp things up. And this is the time where things do get ramped up. You know, times to to about the combine where the whole NFL world is going to be in Indianapolis next week. Agents, uh, uh, general managers that's where the 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 official start of the tampering period unofficial i should say start of the tampering period begins that's when things are really going to uh, uh get 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 heated up so um i wouldn't say they're gonna tag if they do tag him it's not gonna be soon i would say it's probably going to be at that deadline the same with all of these players really they're gonna be it's gonna be at the deadline of, of when you can tag a player but if if the colts don't reach an extension with Pittman before then I mean, shoot, I, I wouldn't be surprised one one bit if the Colts do tag him. You don't let him reach free agency at that point. Pittman has said he he would play on the tag. He doesn't necessarily want to, but he would because you can work towards a long-term deal. Uh, because if you're tagged, it doesn't allow that player to reach free agency and talks can continue without that pressure of, you know, Pittman's going to go out there and get to a different team, you know? So, so I, I very well could see that. And then the team's working too get that long-term extension uh, either through the spring months or, or maybe into the summer. We'll, we'll just have to see. CFO Patrick giving us another super chat. Thank you so much, buddy, for the $5 super chat. Uh, and Patrick asks, here's a curveball. Will the Colts tag and then trade someone? If they would, oh. who would that be? And should they do that? Um, that's a good question. Patrick, I, um, I, I don't know if they would tag and trade someone because I'm trying to think of the guys that would be eligible. And, and these are the guys we're going to talk about tonight. Guys like a, a, a Grover Stewart, a Kenny Moore, uh, a, a Zach Moss, uh, Julian Blackman. I don't know if tagging them and then trading them. I don't know if another team would really be interested in paying what the uh, uh, what the tag is or 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 anything close to that. And certainly, if you if you tag a player, they would have to play uh, uh, under under on that money. They uh, for at least that season, they wouldn't take any less. So I I don't know. I don't I don't don't see that happening. I think if if I mean, gun to my head, I had to choose. Uh, it would probably have to be. Stewart, I would say. I don't think they're going to tag and trade Pittman. Um, and and if you were, if the only real guy that I think that else that would garner that kind of attention would be Stewart. I don't know. What do you think, Drake? You know, I, I, yeah, because I'm looking at like I mean, Stewart would get a twenty million dollar franchise tag, and, and in my is, opinion, that's that's way overpaying. For that's Stewart. like probably a good six million over what he's going to make annually. And then more, Kenny Moore would get an $18.7 million tag, which you're looking, I mean, his recent contract was four years, $33 million. You're looking at probably like $10, 12000000 for him. But I will say that I'm actually going to go with, with somebody that might not be talked about only because it's not too much. 
and that might be a guy like Zach Moss. Uh, I, I think that, I think that they, you know, because I just don't think they're going to do it. Obviously, but if they if they tagged him eleven million dollars, if a team truly felt like holy cow, he put up one hundred and eleven yards per game in his first four games from Houston to Tennessee. That's the guy that we need in the backfield to take us over the top to the Super Bowl. All right, I really feel like you would only see something like that if the Colts could somehow just rob a team completely. Um, but I, I don't see that happening. I, I, I don't see that happening because one, it's going to be far more than these guys are worth, but it's also just not a Ballard thing. Um, I, you know, if it made sense for them to do that and they felt like they could find a suitor for one of these guys, that would be a very interesting thing. But like you said, I think Grover Stewart, that's an interesting name because maybe they feel like they could replace him with an earlier pick in the draft, or maybe they feel like they could sign somebody that is similar to Grover Stewart. But then you kind of ask yourself, why not just re-sign Grover Stewart? So um, I don't think that's going to happen at the end of the day, but that's a hell of a question. That definitely sparked a discussion. Yeah, it's a great question, Patrick. Thank you so much for the super chat, buddy. As always, we really, really appreciate it. And then shout out to Truett as well for his nightly donation. Truett, thank you so much for your super sticker. Glad you're able to join us here live and, and enjoy the show as always. But let's talk a little bit about Grover Stewart Drake. He was kind of the next guy I, I wanted to talk about tonight. Uh, you mentioned that the, the franchise tag would be $20 million. It actually it's it's 20 point uh, twenty. Point nine million dollars for a wide receiver for what Michael Pittman would get, it'd be 20.6 million dollars on the franchise tag. So Grover Stewart, if he was tagged, would be making more than, than Michael Pittman. Uh, if he was tagged, I just don't see it. I mean, you saw what my piece said earlier. Uh, I would expect a, a contract extension for Grover Stewart to be uh, in the, around the $14.5 million range on an average annual value. Do not see a franchise tag coming for, for Grover Stewart. I think that would be a gross overpay. Uh, despite how much Grover Stewart means to this team, he's not a $20 million defensive tackle in the NFL. Yeah, and look, you know, there was a graphic I, I really tried to find, I tried like hell to find it um, that gave the actual statistics, and I think you've actually mentioned it, for what the Colts let up in the run game with Stewart and how much they let up without him, and I believe it was like 40 extra rushing yards a game. Okay, look, that's very valuable, and he's kind of a one-trick pony as a defensive tackle because he's more of a run guy, not really a pass pressure guy or a sack artist, but that's okay. A lot of defensive tackles are just not. Not everybody's Aaron freaking Donald, all right? So um, I, I think that his worth is huge to the Colts, but as far because the franchise tag, you just got to go back to this. It's so damn expensive. It, it's, it's a lot of times – the reason it doesn't make sense a lot of times is two reasons. Number one, it does kind of muddy up a morale between a player and a team. Maybe not as as bad as Le'Veon Bell, but you know, like we said, nobody wants it. But two, it's it's a lot of times going to be too much for a player unless it totally makes sense. And so, in in Michael Pittman's um, case, you're talking about it might be cheaper you know, for, for a while to, to franchise tag him on paper, but it's going to cost them more in, in, in the short term because it's all guaranteed. So um, I, I think that he's valuable. I think he means everything to the Colts' defensive scheme, but I just don't think he's a franchise tag guy. Like you said in your piece, $14 million a year. You're talking almost $21 million a year. You're talking, as you said, quote, a gross overpay. And I, I love your, your phrase of, roster malpractice that that's roster malpractice in its finest form right there is 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 franchise tagging grover stewart who is look if you franchise tag a guy like maybe deforest buckner in the situation maybe that makes a little more sense a guy who's a top five top 10 defensive tackle not saying grover's not a fantastic piece but on his own he is not you know a top 10 defensive tackle. Let's be honest. Now together they make one hell of a duo, but yeah, I just don't see him getting franchise tagged at all. Stats, Matt, with a, with a stat of the day, they've given up more 100-yard games when Grover has missed than 100-yard games when he has played. That's a pretty damning stat. So, yes, he, he is important, uh, but but you guys got to remember, DeForest Buckner, who we consider an elite defensive tackle in the NFL, makes $21 million on an average annual basis. So you're, you're, not, you're not paying Grover Stewart that amount of money uh, when, when he's not a three-down player. 
Yeah, and like, look, at the end of the day, you know, Grover Stewart means a lot to the defense. He means a lot to the long-term success of the defense, and these guys can play well into their mid-30s, sometimes into their late-30s, as we've seen. Um, and everybody loves Grove that's a Colts fan. But, yeah, uh, Colts fans, he's he's not on the DeForest Buckner level on his own just yet. Maybe he'll get there, but right now in the immediate, he's about like Andrew put in his piece, a $14, $13, 15000000 million a year guy. Now let's talk about Kenny Moore the second Drake. And honestly, if it if a couple of things were a little bit different, I could see Kenny Moore being a, a viable candidate for the franchise tag. You know, if he was a couple years younger, uh, uh, maybe maybe instead of being 27, 28, instead he's about 25. Uh, if he played primarily on the outside, then I could see the franchise tag being uh uh an option for Kenny Moore franchise tag for cornerbacks is only about 18 million for per season uh, per year or I'm sorry this year 18.7 million so on, for a top cornerback yeah I think I, I you would pay that money but Kenny Moore is is 28 years old Again, he plays primarily in the slot. He's not a guy that's going to match up on your number one wide receiver at all times. So those those things are, are kind of working uh, against Kenny Moore. So with, with that being said, really don't see Kenny Moore as a, as a candidate for the franchise tag either. Yeah, and look, uh, he started his career in 2017, and he got that uh, he got the contract before his four year, 33 million dollar contract. He got that in 2019. Let's say hypothetically, instead of starting out a little bit slow, uh, Kenny Moore just absolutely just goes off the rails. Okay, and now you're talking about his second big contract. All right, then you like you said, maybe if he was like a little bit younger, maybe if he had just played lights out his entire career and you're like, okay, he's got Stefan Gilmore type of longevity ahead of him. Then you might talk about that. But like Kenny Moore is so similar to Grover Stewart, man. Right. Like outside of him, I'm not, we're not knocking Juju Brents. We're not knocking Jalen Jones or Daryl Baker jr. Or, you know, well, one of the guys isn't even on the team anymore. So we won't even name him, but these guys, you remove Kenny Moore from that secondary. I don't think the Colts win nine games. I really don't. I, I think that he was that much of a difference maker to the passing attack and the passing defense as Grover Stewart was to the run defense. So he's a huge piece of this defense. And I still think he's got some good years ahead of him, probably like three or four more good years. Cause I mean, he's about 28 right now and he played fantastic football, but like you said, he's also going on one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. He's going on year eight right now. And that's a lot of wear and tear for a guy that plays a position, a cornerback position where it's it's quick win the guys that he faces. Now, he does play some of the number one guys, but it's not consistent. All right. He's not playing the number one guy on the outside all day. So um, that's another guy that while it would kind of be interesting, maybe if the franchise tag wasn't, let's see, what is it? It's uh, 18.7. Yeah, no. If it was maybe like more around like a tight end, which is like 12 million or maybe even like a running back, 11 million. Maybe that would make sense, or even a safety that's 16.2, maybe. But Kenny Moore is going to make about, I think, between 11 and $12 million, maybe $13 million, something like that. Man, to franchise tag him would kind of be like Grover Stewart getting a franchise tag. It'd be just a gross overpayment, you know what I mean? And so um, while I do think that he's valuable, I also think that he probably gets similar to what I, I think you believe, and that's more like a two- to three-year deal you know, around that range where they're going to just kind of let him evaluate you know, they're going to kind of see what he's got in his early thirties, late twenties type of deal. My, my expectation is, is a two year, $21 million deal. So average about 10 and a half million a year. So that'd be about be just a little bit more than what the Colts paid Stefan Gilmore, uh, a couple seasons ago and and Gilmore was 31 at the time. Kenny Moore's 28. So that that would allow the Colts to to have an out of that contract when he turns 30 years old and if you look at it guys when a lot of cornerbacks Stefan Gilmore's still playing at a high level, but most cornerbacks once they turn 30 it, it's it's a pretty sharp drop off in in play. So the Colts will have with Kenny Moore they have to just be wary about that. So and yeah, 10 and a half million per on an average annual value to, to 18 million almost double the salary you just can't do that that's just again not smart is in terms of roster building and what you want to do i don't think kenny moore is 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 a candidate for the franchise tag at all let's look at some outside candidates though those are always talk about those guys as the top three free agents at Pittman, stewart and more let's talk about julian blackman 
you know and and again drake i'm right here it's just too too high of a price tag to pay for a guy that's not at the top of his position you know for the safety position it's 16 million a year haven't done a piece on what i expect a, a contract extension to look like for julian blackman uh quite yet but it's definitely not 16 million per year you know i think it's it's probably less than less than like 10 million you know less than 8 million so you're not going to pay 16 million dollars for one year of julian blackman just can't do it yeah and you know the thing is this is a case where the colts i mean they could lock him down i think you said in one of our previous episodes like 6 5 7 maybe 8 million dollars a year i mean the guy is already got a wealth of experience he's going into his fifth season he's only 25 years old right now so it's like you you look at when he was off the field it was a totally different defense and you're still a little unsure about nick cross that's not an expensive guy to keep so to franchise tag him would be madness that'd be absolutely crazy and you would probably start seeing the fire ballard chanting more than you already have the last since he became the general manager so my point is I, I think that he's more valuable to the franchise than he is to them seeing what they could get for him just because right now he's a free agent. I just think that more like a two, three year deal worth, you know, let's say three years for, I think at the most you're going to see 24 million a year. I think you could get him pretty damn cheap, but he could have massive high impact for the Colts anyway. But yeah, franchise tagging him would be absolutely stupid in my opinion. Yeah. I, I, I would expect probably if, if, and this is, pure speculation haven't really done the research maybe around seven to eight million for for julian blackman Makes that sense. that that would on an on an average year on an average annual value basis that that would lock it up uh the next guy i think this is going to be a quick discussion drake zach moss the franchise tag for running backs 11 million dollars uh the colts aren't paying two running backs uh over 10 million dollars a season zach moss isn't getting the franchise tag plain and simple yeah, and you got to think uh, a similar guy that made $11 million on a one-year deal was Saquon Barkley, okay? <laughs> and, and he was literally the entire offense and the reason Daniel Jones got $40 million a year and made, made him look efficient, all right? Outside of Saquon Barkley, the Giants had zilch for an offense, okay, for, or for an offensive weapon. So Zach Moss, I do believe, and you might you might believe this too, he's, I think he's – did he say he wants to – play with the Colts he said he wants to potentially he try he, to he said he'd be open to, to coming back if if the two sides can reach can reach a number that they agree upon so he's definitely open to returning to the Colts but if he does I I mean he's not going to be the starter and it's not going to be for starter money no and the thing is I think that he is still the kind of guy that if there's a team out there that feels like he you know hey you can start we saw you start we saw you play at a very high level. I mean, keep in mind, people, at one point, he was up there with Christian McCaffrey for yards per game. He was playing mm -hmm. lights out, and he was one of the reasons, if not the biggest reason, they beat Baltimore in Baltimore. So I think Zach Moss has a big chance to not re-sign with the Colts, but I also think that the running back market is still very, very dry. I really do, and I, maybe he's like, he goes out there and doesn't find it. You know, and he resigns with the Colts. But like you said, man, holy cow! If you if you franchise tag Zach Moss, similar to Julian Blackman, only worse, total mismanagement. But I would expect Zach Moss if he gets a deal with the Colts, it'll probably be a one year deal, and it'll probably be like four five million dollars because you just you want Jonathan Taylor to get the bulk of the carries and Zach Moss could be a beautiful complimentary piece but he ain't starting unless he has to I don't think you go you I don't think you can go for four million for for Zach Moss and no. and in my opinion that that'd be underpaying I think Zach Moss on the open market especially considering this this draft class that's coming up where you don't really have a top tier running back in this draft in this class like you did with like last year with Bijan Robinson and and Jameer Gibbs I mean, he you could be looking at a at a Miles Sanders type deal on like around six million for for yeah. Zach Moss. I think that'd be the sweet spot. One last guy that we want to talk about tonight, and and gonna give credit to Stats Map for bringing him up. Here's my only candidate outside of Pitt. Rigo Rigoberto Sanchez, uh, a potential. Uh, franchise tag option there hey the last the last player that the colts did franchise tag was a punter in pat mcafee and and drake for the franchise tag you mentioned this earlier for a special teamer uh rigoberto sanchez would get 5.6 million dollars honestly 
that's not a bad option there. If the Colts want to make sure they lock up Rigo, if they, they're not worried and they're, they're able to get an extension done with Pittman, Sanchez, honestly, I could see that being a, an option. And if the Colts did tag Sanchez, honestly, I, I, I could see the reasoning behind it and I wouldn't be too upset about it. Yeah, and I mean, this guy came off of injury, right? He was gone the entire season in 2022, but like we mentioned in a previous episode, 68 punts, but he had 3,281 yards, career high in yards per punt, almost 50 with 48.3. He had, um, let's see, 21 punts landed inside the 21, none, none blocked. He bounced back from being gone for an entire season, and I'm telling you, people don't talk enough about punters because Pat McAfee's a big personality, right? I don't I think that there's a less chance he's going to get franchise tagged than Pat McAfee because I don't think that Rigo's on that level. But Rigoberto's coming off of a fantastic season. I mean, he just is. And he bounced back from not even playing. And you saw how bad the Colts needed a punter like him when Matt Hack was out there because there were shanks, there were short punts, there were sh- they didn't have the hang time that you want so your defense can get down there and either get the fair catch or make the tackle. So he's invaluable to the team. Now, I love the fact that you said that that's one that makes sense because he's coming off of a four-year $11.6 million deal. That's almost $3 million a year. And like you said, right now, special teamers, $5.6 million. I mean, you saw what the Colts do when they value a guy like Matt Gay. They pay him. Okay. You don't want to think about your punter. You don't want to think about your kicker. Well, guess what? When, um, uh, Oh, I'm, I'm forgetting his name now. Specs. I always called him Specs. Hot Rod uh, Rodrigo Blankenship. Yeah, yeah. So when Rodrigo Blankenship was out there, he's he, you. You see the light and day, or uh, the, the night and day difference between him and Matt Gay. Well, there's a night and day difference between Rigoberto Sanchez and just your run of the mill punter. So maybe they do say we haven't come up with an idea on your contract yet, but we're going to lock you down. That one actually, I think, makes the most sense out of the Michael Pittman Jr. one. Patrick says something tells me we should lock we should just lock down special teams with long deals and don't screw around with the tag. And and Pat and Patrick, I do think that if if Sanchez was tagged, the Colts would continue to work on a long long-term deal uh, uh with Sanchez because again, they Chris Ballard is all about cat flexibility and, and to not be able to, to kind of move that around and be able to, to structure the contract in a certain way. That's, that's primarily one of the reasons why Ballard hasn't used uh, uh, the, the franchise tag uh, in, in past years. So uh, just because he is tagged doesn't necessarily mean he would play on it. I think any players that would be tagged by the Colts, they would, they would try to work out a long-term deal so that way they can have some flexibility in how they structure that, that, uh, that contract and be able to, to maneuver things with, with the cap. So after talking about those, those six players, Drake, uh, I, I think, I think it's pretty pretty conclusive uh who we think the most likely person to be tagged is uh if the colts do decide to use the franchise tag and it's michael pittman jr and and i talked about it in my piece today you know if if the colts do tag michael pittman jr uh, there's pros and cons on both sides obviously for michael pittman you want that long-term deal but you also get 20 million guaranteed on the Colts side you know you, you lock pittman up and he doesn't he isn't able to reach free agency you can continue to work on a long-term deal but if you can't and pittman does end up playing on that tag that 20 million is guaranteed this season so you can't really maneuver with with the cap or, or push it and restructure the contract so that way the cap uh, uh the cap hit is is spread out over some years and also what if Pittman goes out and has another career year uh with Anthony Richardson at the helm so instead of paying 23 million on an average annual value you're paying 25 26 27 million dollars for michael Pittman. so again that risk that that the colts just went through this past season where you probably could have locked down Pittman for 18 to 20 now you're looking at 23 and a half probably could even skyrocket to about 26 27 next year's but in my opinion, if the Colts are going to use the franchise tag, it's going to end up being on Michael Pittman Jr. And and But if I had to say if he plays on the tag this season, I don't think he would be. I think the Colts would be able to reach a long-term deal uh, before the start of the season uh, with Michael Pittman. Yeah, and you got to think, when you're paying a guy this much money, right, to put their body on the line, like like a guy like Michael Pittman Jr. does, and then you have to factor in the value long-term with your quarterback that is the most important thing because, again, 
and we're going to continue to say this, it's all about Anthony Richardson. Okay. I'm going to quote your piece here. However, tagging Pittman means that all 20 million of his salary would count toward the Colts salary cap this season, taking away some of their flexibility. That's one of the cons. Now here's one of the pros. His value cannot be stated enough. This dude has done nothing but just produce and continue to produce with nothing but a continuous rotation of quarterbacks. No one, by the way, with the height that Anthony Richardson has as a quarterback. Okay, All Richardson's going to do is open up Michael Pittman's skill set. He's going to give Pittman more opportunities to have a 75-yard tud like he did against the Browns. Okay, So it sucks if he does go on a tag financially for the Colts in the short term, and I think that – I don't think it affects Pittman like it does some, but you don't want to have to put him on that. But like you said, I I, I think that – I think that while I do kind of expect him to be, if anyone gets tagged, it's going to be him. I also like what you said. I think that it, there is still two weeks. You know, you do have to factor in all the things that I just mentioned. And it's not easy to get these negotiations handled, but it is easy with a guy like Michael Pittman and a guy that's as understanding as Chris Ballard. Okay. You're not, I don't think you're going to see Danico Autry 2.0. I really don't. This is different. Okay. you got your quarterback here that's affected, not your defense. So, I I cannot envision at all them letting Michael Pittman Jr. walk, especially given that he is the go-to guy with Anthony Richardson. And plus, screw Mel Kuyper's first mock draft. You're not going to go out and get Keon freaking (laughs) Coleman to replace Michael Pittman Jr. to help Anthony Richardson. No, sir. You're going to pick up a guy, whether it's in the first round or later rounds, you're going to pick up a guy to compliment Michael Pittman Jr. and Josh Downs and Alec Pierce to help Anthony Richardson because they need more explosiveness and you're not going to give away your safety blanket. So um, fully expect either a deal to get done or if if all hell breaks loose, you're going to see them franchise tag him. No way in hell do the Colts let him just go to the open market like that. Exactly. The Colts are going to go out there. They're going to draft Brock Bowers to compliment this That's group of right. wide receivers in the offense. But keep, but keep, keep tugging the Brock Bowers training. I mean, here I'm, I'm the conductor. Let's 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 keep it going. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, if I put odds on it, I'd say 50 50 at this point that Pittman gets tagged. Uh, and if he does, though, like I said, I, I, I fully expect the Colts and Pittman to work out a long term deal. Uh, Pittman's agent is David Mulligetta, one of the better agents and one of the guys that they usually can get the most for for those contracts. So it's going to be interesting to see. Mulligetta has has a good relationship with with Ballard and the Colts. So uh, we'll have to see. But again, if the if Pittman does get tagged, fully expect them uh, to continue to work throughout the, the spring and summer and reach a long-term deal. Let's talk about the latest Colts news and rumors, Drake, over the past week uh, before we get on out of here. And, and guys, we have movement on the Anthony Richardson rehab train. Uh, didn't talk about it last week because we were off, but guys, QB1 is now throwing. So his his agent posted a video on X of, of Richardson beginning to throw. Uh, he's down there in Florida working out with his trainers down in Jacksonville, uh, beginning that process, beginning the training. And, and from what, what we've heard is that trainers have been having to, to kind of hold the reins on Richardson. He's wanting to get out there and go as quickly and, and as hard as he possibly can. Trainers are kind of having to reel in, reel him in a little bit, which is good. That means he he's pushing. Uh, he wants to continue to get back as quickly as possible. His arm's feeling good enough that he feels like he can push. So all signs are, are pointing to him uh, returning. Like, like, like we had talked about, we, we kind of figured he would be back for the start of, of Colts OTAs. Things are headed in that in that direction, and, and I've got it on good authority that, that Richardson is uh, a few weeks ahead of where he should be in his in his rehab, which is really good sign for for not only him but for, for this entire team. Yeah, and look, the surgery that he had on his throwing shoulder was not just reconstructive; it was preventative. You know, so it was actually making it stronger than what it was before. You know, so for him to go out there and look, anything Anthony Richardson Colts fans get really pumped about. I don't think there's many detractors out there on Richardson anymore. And if you are a detractor on Anthony Richardson, why are you a Colts fan? Uh, You know, it's one of those things where all he had to do was just go out there and make sure that he showed the, the masses that he could throw a football. You don't know where that thing landed on the other end. And like you mentioned before the show, it's probably like a 10 to 15 yarder. But all that matters is he's ahead of schedule. All that matters is that he wants to go past what the experts and the trainers want him to go past. He's ready to go. 
I think that you are going to see a revamped Anthony Richardson. I think you're going to see a guy that's going to take better care of his body. He's going to know what's around him more. He's not going to take that hit in the end zone like he did in Houston. It's just good to see five out there throwing the football because, man, oh, man, I know Gardner Minshew did what he did. But you cannot state enough that Anthony Richardson's dynamic ability, Shane Steichen's coaching, and some of the weapons that are on the Colts and who they will probably get to fit him. Man, oh man, I want to see 17 games of Anthony Richardson. I want to see Jonathan Taylor in the backfield and that offensive line revamped because you might be talking about a pretty dangerous quarterback. And and in a world where that we live in with Colts football, usually offseason news about a quarterback isn't great news. This is great news for Anthony Richardson That's and right. the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, the final thing to talk about here, because again, it's pretty quiet here in, in Colts Town until next week when when the combine ramps up in the entire NFL world is is in Indianapolis. Drake and I are going to have a lot of combine talk here over over the next couple oh, yes. of weeks. Uh, but the Colts director of sports performance, Rusty Jones has retired was was kind of the Colts head uh, of 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 nutrition kind of the, the the sports performance area 34 years in the NFL spent the last six with the Indianapolis Colts was one of the guys that that Chris Ballard was one of his first hires to bring on the staff was Rusty Jones so a, a guy that's very well respected within the building and within the NFL in general so Colts Colts are going to have a, a different a different look. We we probably won't see it. Maybe maybe on the field we'll see it as far as performance, conditioning, things like that. Uh, but the Colts are, are going to have be going a different direction there. And and shout out to Rusty Jones, uh, very well respected in the NFL community, like I said, and he's been doing it for a long time. So happy retirement to him. Wish him well. Yeah, and you're talking about a guy who I'm looking at right here. I mean, for the Bills, and we're talking about when the Bills did their four, four when they when they did their year, 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 year Super Bowl appearances. This guy was the strength and conditioning uh, coordinator from '85 to 2004. Then with the Bears from '05 to 2013, and then he was the director of sports performance for the Colts from the time Andrew Luck had his last season all the way until last season when Anthony Richardson was drafted. I mean, this is a guy that 70 years old, but good lord, I mean, he's devoted over half of his life to football to nfl football it's it's a it's a name that if you're outside of the norm and you're outside of like the the inside followings of the colts you're not going to really think too much about it but this is a name that they're going to need to replace and it's not going to be as easy as you'd expect because what a great career and amount of experience and hey you know what like you said hats off to rusty jones he's earned his retirement fully Exactly. One of our last super chats of the evening from the CFO himself, Patrick. Thank you so much, buddy, again for the $2 super chat. Patrick asks, you guys heading to the combine? Unfortunately, Drake and I will not be at the combine this year. Drake's on dad duty. Uh, he's still able to join the podcast, but uh, not it. We're, we're not able to be there. I am on expecting dad duty. Uh, we've got some appointments next week that, that I really can't be out of town for in down in Indianapolis. So unfortunately, we won't be there but jake will be there zach will be there all those guys will be down uh in indianapolis uh at the combine every single day getting all the action for us uh we'll still be talking with them talking with other people that are down there uh to get as much information for you guys as possible but hey 2025 i promise you 2025 drake and i will be down at the combine all week we'll be long back. we'll be down there grabbing everything and hey maybe maybe we're talking about the uh the colts looking for a, a pass rusher or or someone outside of a uh a, a, definitely outside of a quarterback we're or defending their so, super bowl championship <laughs> so hey We'll see. We'll see. I feel like if that happens, Drake and I are going to have like a four-hour stream uh, the night after the Super Bowl, so it's going to be wild. So we won't be at the Combine this year, but next year, Drake and I will both be down there ready to rock and roll, and we'll still have all the Combine content on the show here and on HorseshoeHuddle.com. So, so Patrick, thank you so much, as always, for your support, buddy. It means the world to, to Drake and I. So, so, Drake, like we talked about, franchise tag, is here the window is open for the next two weeks the colts can place the franchise tag on any player but if they do it's likely going to be at the end of the deadline probably around march 4th or march 5th and it would likely be michael pittman jr if they use it at all yeah you know be on the lookout fans for for a news update on a, on a michael pittman jr contract and you know what if you don't see one like Andrew said, around the second, the third. I mean, I think that you said the deadline's the fifth. You know, if you don't see it around then, then expect to see the news breaking that he has been tagged. Because like like we said, 
No way in hell do they let a guy that has done what Michael Pittman Jr. has done with seven freaking quarterbacks, all of different skill sets, throwing this man the ball. They're not going to let him go to free agency. They're not going to let him go to another team because he is integral to, and we said it, the guy who matters most, and that is Anthony Richardson's development. Exactly. So that's our show for this evening, guys. Really appreciate everybody tuning in to talk about the franchise tag and the potential targets uh, that the Colts might put the franchise tag on. But again, looks like it's Michael Pittman Jr. or bust this year if the Colts do use that tag. Want to give a shout out to all of our super chats this evening. Lindsay Mack from Wales, Stats Matt, my beautiful wife Danielle, CFO Patrick, and Truett. Thank you all so much for your super chats, as well as everybody else uh, that joined us here live on the show tonight your support means the world to drake and i if you haven't done so please go follow us on all of our socials like horseshoe huddle on facebook follow at colts on fn on x and subscribe to the horseshoe huddle youtube channel hit that bell so you know when drake and i are going live every monday and thursday night or for tonight like it's tuesday special breaking news episodes or if my internet decides not to cooperate That's right because it always seems like my internet just loves to to <laughs> shut down uh, uh but hey you never want to miss an episode and again only 12 subscribers away on youtube from 2000 please help us get there it's it's a huge goal for for drake and i but if you can't catch us live or on youtube still subscribe but you can also catch us on apple spotify google wherever you listen to podcasts so make sure you subscribe there give us a five-star review so we can reach other colts fans just like you drake i know you've been away but you still got pieces that you were writing out there on horseshoehuddle.com tell the people what they need to go check out so uh, there was some odds given by FanDuel for Anthony Richardson's chances for making the MVP. So go check that out. I kind of covered that. Then I did three non-first round receivers who could help the Colts in the NFL draft. Hey, to get help at wide receiver, they don't necessarily need to bust the bank. But then I also did one on Bleacher Reports uh, coverage where they potentially land an elite wide receiver in a dream trade scenario. So go check all those out. Make sure you go give those a read. Myself, got that piece out on Kenny Moore the second and what his potential contract extension would be with the Indianapolis Colts kind of talked a little bit about it tonight but make sure you go give it a read uh compared it to some of the players that I think uh, uh match up well with what Kenny Moore does especially in the slot uh so so make sure you check that out and then I also went a little bit more in depth on Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, and the Colts as far as the franchise tag is concerned, the pros and cons of both sides, and, and ultimately what I think happens with this entire situation. So make sure you check that out, as well as all the fantastic writings on horseshoehuddle.com. Go follow Drake at Drake. You can follow me at Andrew Moore NFL, and we'll be back thursday night to get you all set for the combine so we're gonna first Ooh. look at the offensive side of the ball on thursday and then next week monday we'll look at the defensive side of the ball but guys the combine less than a week away so until then enjoy your week colts fans and we'll see you right back here thursday night